Have you been affected by the suicide death of a beloved friend or family member? If so, you're probably facing many unanswered questions. We hope to discuss some of them today. This is What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life with your host, Marshall Adler. Marshall lost his own son, Matt, at the age of 32 and has since dedicated his life to talking to people who have also been affected by suicide. Now, here is Marshall Adler. I want to thank so much the audience for listening to today's very, very, very special show. I have a very close friend of mine as our special guest tonight. Luann Brenner is the wife of my all-time longest best friend, Ted Brenner. Ted and I were lifelong friends since we were 12 years old. And I am dedicating today's special episode to my all-time lifelong best friend, Ted, because unfortunately, Ted passed away, I believe, December 6, 2018, almost exactly 11 months ago. And the reason I'm doing this special show that obviously primarily deals with the suicide death of my son, Matt, is that there are many components to the loss of a loved one to suicide. And one of those biggest components is grief. And the listeners that have listened to the show with the prior episodes know that my son, Matt, passed away by suicide on July 22nd, 2018. Two days later, my mother passed away on July 24th, 2018. So we had to do uh, two funerals, two obituaries, and two eulogies for my son and my mother within literally days of each other. One of the people that I reached out to to obviously help me get through the grief of of losing my mother and my son was my all-time best friend, Ted Brenner, because Ted knew my mother since he was 12 years old. He used to come over to my house and was a very frequent guest at my house and knew my parents for well over 50 years. And he also went to my wedding. He went to Matt's bar mitzvah. He saw Matt grow grew up, and Matt loved Ted. Matt thought Ted was as close to anybody out, outside of his immediate family because he just respected and loved him. So after Matt's passing and my mother's passing, I had very deep life and death topic conversations with Ted. And one of the unfortunate things that happened, obviously, was Ted unfortunately passed away weeks after my son, Matt, and my mother, when Ted passed away on December 6, 2018. As some of you might know, uh, we went to Israel, where we went to Jerusalem, and we put prayer notes in the Western Wall for my son, Matt, my father who passed away in 2012, my mother who died two days after Matt, 
And the fourth prayer note that I placed in the wall was for my lifelong friend, Ted Brenner. I thought there was a synergy that these four people would be forever linked because these four people were incredibly close to me throughout my life. Obviously, I never loved anybody as much as I loved my son, Matt. Never loved a mother like my mother was the best mother I've ever had in my life that I could ever imagine for my life. My father was the greatest father I could ever have. And Ted was the greatest friend I've ever had. And the fact that they all knew each other and they all loved each other, to me, was sort of a fitting tribute that they would all be together for eternity because they were all tied together in my life. Being at the Western Wall was a very interesting experience for me because I'm a student of history, and I was looking at this wall that so many different people, so many different empires have come and gone, the Egyptians, the Romans, the Byzantines, the Crusaders, the the Ottoman Empire, they've all come and gone, but yet that wall exists. And I sort of felt that in the big cosmic picture of the universe, I realized we're all here a short time. All of those great or horrible empires that existed prior to the present time no longer exist. All those great or horrible people no longer exist. But their spirit still endures through the love of those that are still here and through the belief that there is something after this life with my putting of those four notes into the Western Wall. So I really got a sense of contentment and peace that although it was horrifically difficult to lose my son, my mother, and my best friend of 50 years, literally within weeks of each other, I really have reached a sense of peace and contentment because they were all connected, not just in my life, but connected in their love of being kind, their love of humanity, their love of laughter, their love of living their life to the beat of a different drummer. And that is something I mean in the sense of Thoreau, the great author of Walden Pond, who I first read in 11th grade English class with Ted at Amherst High School in Buffalo, New York. And that book, Walden Ponds by Henry David Thoreau, really resonated with me and I know it resonated with Ted because Ted always walked to the beat of a different drummer. I always walked to the beat of a different drummer. My son, Matt, walked to the beat of a different drummer. My mother walked to the beat of a different drummer. And my father walked to the beat of a different drummer. So it gave me great solace that these four people who have been so important in my life even though I miss all of them and love all of them, 
it gave me peace and contentment that they were all together at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. And we had a guide that took us there, and I told him the story that of the reason I was putting these four prayer notes in. And he had a great comment. He said that he takes a lot of people from all religions to the Western Wall, Jews, Christians, Muslims, believers, non-believers. And he said that, he didn't want to get too religious here, but he said that if you truly want to communicate with God at the Western Wall, it's a local call. And he was sort of using it as a joke, but he really meant it said, if in fact you do believe that you can communicate to God, with, with God, this is the place to do it. So again, this is one of the reasons why I want to do this show today, because Ted has been very important in my life and very important also in my journey with my loss of my son, Matt. And before I introduced Luann, I want to sort of introduce Ted. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to try to read the eulogy that I gave at Ted's funeral. And I spent a lot of time thinking, how do you put 50 years of love into a few words? So I'm going to try to read this so you, the audience, will understand what an incredible, unbelievable human being Ted Brenner was, and then I want you to, I want to introduce you to another incredible human being, the love of Ted's life, who was an absolute wonderful wife to Ted, his loving wife, Luann, but I want to first give my impressions of Ted so you will know who he was. Soldier, scholar, statesman. Ted Brenner has been my best friend for over 50 years. There has never been anyone I respected more as a human being and no one who has ever been able to make me laugh like Ted Brenner. I truly love him. We met at Amherst High School in September of 1968 when Ted was thin as a rail and had green hair due to the chlorine from the hours Ted spent in the, po in the pool. For those who do not know Ted very well, he was a phenomenal swimmer. I mean phenomenal. Even though he was one of the top swimmers in New York State, the only part of swimming Ted would ever discuss with me was his insightful analysis of why the school told us we had to swim completely butt naked during our physical education classes. We were told that the lint from our swimsuits would clog the pool filter. Of course, Ted, with his, with his inquisitive mind, would ask, why every other pool in the entire world did not have this problem, and then Ted offered to swim totally, completely naked in his high school swim meets to help fix the problem. The PE teacher, of course, called Ted a smartass and told him to shut up, and Ted told me that when we talked about private parts decades ago, he actually knew what George Costanza was talking about in the Seinfeld episode dealing with shrinkage. So Ted knew about shrinkage well before anybody in Seinfeld knew about it. This was how intelligent and Ted was way ahead of his time. Ted was the most intelligent person I've ever met in my life. He was absolutely brilliant. 
In our time at Amherst Junior High School, Amherst Senior High School, and University of Buffalo, Ted never got less than an A. I mean never. After graduating from the University of Buffalo in only two years, in typical Ted fashion, Ted decided the best place to use his incredible intellect would be at the Travel Lodge Motel in downtown Buffalo's red light district as a night manager. It just went <laughs> what Ted did. Unfortunately, Ted's father passed away in 1979 when I was my first year at Duke Law School. I invited Ted to come down to Durham, North Carolina to visit me, and I gave Ted the bus schedule so he can arrive from Buffalo to Durham to spend time together. Ted decided to hitchhike. He was picked up by a guy in Old Jalopy. Ted asked him how much the piece of junk he was driving was worth. When the guy told him about 100 bucks, Ted took a $100 bill out of his wallet, gave it to the guy so that he jumped out of the car, and Ted jumped in the car and drove all the way to Durham in this, in this jalopy. True story. After attending some of my law school classes, Ted told me he wanted to do more with his life and hang out with the crowd at the travel lodge, so he decided to take the law boards. And again, in typical Ted Brenner fashion, he obtained an almost perfect score and got admitted to the most selective school in the world, Harvard Law School. This is the same school that produced Supreme Court justices like Oliver Wendell Holmes, as well as presidents as John Fitzgerald Kennedy mm -hmm. and Barack Obama. Not surprisingly, Ted was able to achieve something that these great men could never achieve while they were at Harvard. Ted was able to accomplish what no other person ever did. He was able to get a picture of his naked behind mooning the whole world in the Harvard Law School yearbook. No other one, no, no, no one else but my lifelong friend, Ted Brenner, could ever accomplish this feat because I've actually seen that picture. It's a true picture. <laughs> After graduating from Harvard, again in typical Ted fashion, he does what every Harvard Law School graduate would do. He joined the United States Marine Corps. True story. At my wedding in 1984, just before Ted left for the Marines, Ted was slightly tipsy at the wedding and spent the whole day at the wedding saluting everybody, including the rabbi. Everybody loved it. After Ted was discharged from the Marines, he practiced law in California for a while and then decided to move back to Buffalo to look for new career opportunities. When I asked Ted what he wanted to do, he told me he wanted to work for the federal government with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Ted told me that since those were the three most fa favorite things in the world, he wanted to work at that bureau because he was told they, they also give free samples. Ted was really funny. As, as you know, instead of becoming an ATF agent, Ted moved to Lockport to become a Niagara County prosecutor with the district attorney's office. For some 20 years ago, when my sons were 12 and 8, we visited Ted at his home in Lockport. Both of my sons thought Ted's house was the greatest place in the world to live. Matt particularly loved the fact that when he opened up Ted's refrigerator, the only thing he saw were beer cans, half of which were already empty. Forever, Matt viewed Ted Brenner as an absolute hero because he loved the fact that Ted had beer cans in his refrigerator. 
Every year, I would come back to Buffalo for a Bills game. The highlight of the trip was seeing Ted. My parents, my wife, and my sons all loved Ted as a family member. We were so happy and ecstatic when he met the lo- when we met the love of Ted's life, Luann. She was so good to Ted and so good for Ted. Her love for Ted was never more clearly at, was never more clearly illustrated than the time she was having Ted stay at her house to take care of him after he fractured his hip. We spent the whole day together. And I loved seeing how great Ted and Luann were together. Again, in typical Ted fashion, Ted told me he truly loved Luann, but he could not understand how she put up with him. And he was truly amazed. She never put a pillow over his face while he was sleeping. He actually told me that. When I heard of Ted's passing, I immediately called Luann to console her and find out what happened. In typical Luann fashion, with grace and elegance, she gently told me how she lost the love of her life and how I lost my all-time lifelong best friend. When I asked if Ted had made any prearranged plans, Luann told me that all Ted wanted was to have her dig a hole in the backyard where we could toss his body. Instead of doing this, I wanted to ask everyone at the funeral to embarrass Ted to no end. He never liked when I would remark about the incredible things he'd achieved in his life. He was truly the most humble person I've ever met in my entire life. His sense of decency, kindness, and compassion were the driving force of his life for over 50 years. I had the privilege and honor to say that Ted Brenner was my best friend. I was always proud of him. I always respected him, and I always loved him. Whenever I told Ted something positive that happened in my life, he would give me a booming congratulation, outstanding. In honor of the most honest, kindest, and wonderful friend a person could ever have, I would like to congratulate Ted for a job well done, an incredible life well lived, and for being an incredible human being by having all of us give Ted a proper send-off that he truly deserves by giving him one last booming outstanding. Ted, I will miss you so, but my wonderful memories of my friendship with you will stay with me forever. I love you. I would now like to take a short break so we can talk to Luann after these short messages. And again, thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you for listening, and I hope you've got a sense of what my friend Ted Brenner was about. So now I have the distinct honor to introduce to the audience the love of Ted's life, Luann Brenner. Luann, can you please say hello to the audience? Hello, audience, and hello, Marshall. Thank you for that eulogy. I can honestly say I don't remember a lot of that at the funeral because I think most of the time I was probably crying, but it was nice to hear some of the funny things about Ted. And um, I have to say, I think everybody probably had a good laugh about a lot of those things. And um, it would have made Ted proud to hear a lot of the outstanding and just the, <laughs> just the fun things that you said about him. He would have loved it. And the, and about the, um, the kids liking the, the empty beer bottles. And it's <laughs> he, his, uh, it, he was he, just one of a kind. Yes, he was. He, he really was. It was, it was Ted to a T. You, could you please tell the audience how you and Ted met and give us some insight into your life because you know I knew Ted since I was 12 years old as a lifelong friend you had the honor and privilege of actually having him in your life as your husband so your insight into him I'm really interested in this because please yeah. tell us how you met and give us as many insights as you can about your life with Ted Wow. Um, there are two moments in my life that I will not ever forget, Marshall, and one of them is the moment that I met Ted, and that was April 18th, 1997, and the other moment is obviously the moment that he took his last breath, and that was December 6th, 2018. Um April 18th, 1997, um, we met at a bar. I'm shocked uh, by that. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. Um, he was sitting alone. He had, Ted always had a lot of friends, but um, he was out with his friends from the DA's office. 
and I was out with um, my sisters and some of my friends, and he just caught my eye from across the room, and I'm not, I can't remember who approached who, but um, we ended up talking to each other, and I went into the restroom with my sister, and my sister was trying to talk me out of talking to Ted and saying, what's wrong with you? Did you see his hair? He's got a ponytail. He had a little <laughs> cute, cute little ponytail. And I was saying, no, 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 I think he's cute. I really like him. Well, lo and behold, one of the girls from his office was in the other stall. And I didn't know her, of course. And she went out and said to Ted, you're in, Ted, you're in. She likes you. The sister doesn't like you, but she does. So, yeah, Ted and I joked about that for 21 years. He always told my sister, well, you never liked me. That's great. But yeah, yeah. And so, um, well, actually, we didn't have our first date until May 16th. Um, we, did, we met April 18th, but then Ted was going away um, to an NRA convention with his brother in Seattle, and I think a week after, or shortly after he came back, I was going away, so um, it took a few weeks, and then um, we did go out on our first date, and I told him I was not going to be exclusive because uh, I had just gotten divorced, and he had been out of a marriage I think for three years and you know we just said don't we're not going to be exclusive but we were it was there was never anybody else for me after I met Ted you know he's a pretty unique individual and I think um I was pretty lucky to have met him and um I guess I'm I just I just feel like if I know about love it is because of Ted in that if I know what love is, I'll always be grateful for Ted because he left me with all of wonderful and beautiful memories. And that's all because of Ted. When, when did you know that he was the one? Because, you know, oh. Ted, Ted and I talked forever. And I'll tell you now that he told me for years that he wanted to marry you. <laughs> and he always made jokes. And she goes, I don't know. Luann keeps on saying we'll talk marriage when her grandkids are married. And he goes, is that, a, is that a bad sign? I still don't have grandchildren, Marshall. But of course, Ted um, was saying this comically. So yes, he wanted to yes. get married early on. So when did you um, know that Ted was the one? I think I always knew, but we just never got married. We always knew there was never going to be anyone else. But we just never felt the need to actually get that piece of paper until he retired. And then when he retired, we just thought, we're just, we knew we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. I, we didn't realize till death do us part was going to be such a short time. And, you know, I knew I was going to spend the rest of my life with him. I just didn't realize that the rest of his life was going to be such a short time. But um, we did get married and um, we planned on, well, it was shortly after, or shortly before he retired because we were going to start traveling and, you know, we had lots of plans and 
no, it just didn't happen. The, la- the last time I talked to Ted was, I think it was, was about a year ago. It was in November of last year. Mm-hmm. And obviously passed away a few weeks after that. And mm-hmm. we talked specifically about you guys coming down to mm-hmm. Orlando and spending time oh, yeah. with us. And he was seemed so happy retiring because again, Ted oh. was, as I said before, brilliant, but I know he was a phenomenal lawyer and an incredible yes. district attorney, but he seemed really happy to be retired. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Ted took his job very seriously and, you know, it's stressful and he, he did a good job. Everyone admired him and respected him and you know he he wanted to do a good job so it did take a lot of stress off of him when he did retire and he did get to take a few trips where he was so happy not to have to take his phone into a hotel room and you know that meant a lot to him so he did I mean when he did break his hip um December 1st um I'm trying to think. We had a we had a trip planned. We had to cancel that for December third. We we had planned to go out to see his brother in San Diego. So we had a trip planned for December. We had another one for January, February, and March. And we we had to cancel all. Well, I had to cancel the other ones. So one of them was to come to Florida to see you. And yeah, you know, you just never know. Your life changes in a minute. It, 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 Ted and I never, ever, ever had a crossword. In <laughs> fact, we never, ever, ever had a time where he didn't make me laugh so hard that I either had tears <laughs> in my eyes or I'll, I'll just say on the radio or I peed in my pants <laughs> laughing because he was just hilarious. He was yep. just hilarious. Yeah, I he mean, was, he was, was happy. He was, he was always, he was the hap- he happiest was always guy. like that. Marshall always he was he would say at least once a week I am one lucky I don't know if I can say this on the radio you I can am say one it. lucky I can yeah I yep. am one lucky son of a bitch I'm the luckiest man alive I could die tomorrow and be a happy man he he was always so grateful for his life for everything he he would I, I would look for him and wonder where he was he'd be outside holding his hands up to the sky and thanking God for a sunrise, a sunset, just for the day. He was grateful. He was just the most grateful, happiest person every day for everything. You know, it's, in, it's interesting you mentioned that because Debbie and I talked when we were in Israel. My wife, people know my wife, Debbie, Matt's mm-hmm. mother, about the four prayer notes for Matt, my mother, my father, and for Ted. And we both said that, you know, I saw my father pass away. I saw my mother pass away. I talked to the coroner that found Matt, and she told me that Matt had a peaceful, content look on his face that he was fine with this. I know my mother was fine with it, and I know my father was fine with it. And based on all my conversation with Ted, he, I got a sense he was fine with it because he took every single day yes. to live the fullest. And he, we all know that there will be a day for all of us 
where that will end. And I, we were literally in Jerusalem saying, the four of them are fine. I really think that they were fine. Mm. We're not fine. I know. I was just right, going right. to say we're that not, I we're, might we're not, not be fine. fine. Right, I we're was not mad fine. at God for a long, long right. time. I, I, I was I, so mad at him. But then I got to the point where I thought, okay, I was lucky. God chose me to spend 21 years with Ted. So I can't be that mad at him. I'm still not fine. I'll never be fine. I lost him. And... You know, I'm never going to be the same, but I I still have to thank God that I I did get to spend 21 years with him. But that's exactly yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> that's exactly what what I did when I wrote the prayer notes. I wrote four mm-hmm. prayer notes, and the four were broken in two parts. The first part I wrote to God to thank God for giving me a son like Matt. Yeah. A mother like my mother, a father like my father, and a lifelong friend like Ted. And then I wrote notes specifically to Matt to take care of my mother, my father, and Ted. My mother to take care of Matt, my dad, and Ted. My dad to take care of Matt, my mother, and Ted. And Ted to take care of my parents and, and Matt. There's a synergy to all of it. So yeah. I know exactly what you're saying because... Yeah. You're just, you want more, but I just really, being in Israel with the cosmic mindset that I had of the whole universe, that these people, these incredible, unique people, they were so, we were so fortunate to have in our lives, lived the lives that they were meant to live, and they made the most out of it, and they affected yeah. so many people, and they're, and they're still affecting people, and what I want to do now, I'm fortunate to take a quick break, but I really want to ask you after the break about the grief process because my journey with Ted's passing as his best friend obviously is different than yours as his wife. And obviously mine was complicated by Matt's passing and my mother's passing. So I'm really interested in your journey because you know we both love Ted. And it's a different love from a friend to a, a, a wife, but I'm really interested in, in, in that journey for you. So unfortunately, we've got to take a very quick break and we'll be right back. And again, I want to thank you all so much for listening, but please come back right after the sh- uh, short break because I'm really interested in hearing what Luann says about her journey after Ted's passing. We'll be right back. Thank you very much. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for listening, and I... I'm really interested in, Luann, tell me how your journey has been since Ted's passing. I know we've talked a number of times, but it's, 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 it's your own journey, and we all take our own I know my journey with all the loss I have is just different than my wife Debbie's and different than my son's. Everybody's got their own journey. So yeah. please tell me what your journey has been with Ted's passing. I think a journey... For a widow, Marshall is different than most most grief just because you grieve they're, they were there every every day and every minute as opposed to maybe a child who was away at college or and I'm not saying it's any worse or any better. it's just different in the sense that they were there every day and every day I, at least for me, every day I wake up and I have to, maybe I'm not the right person to ask, but for me, for my experience, it's, I relive it every day. And it's, people tell me you need to get over it. You need to get past it. I'm never going to get over it. I'm never going to get, I'm never going to get, I'm never going to be that same person that I was before. I'm never going to be. I'm never going to be the old Luann. I'm going to be a different person because I, I will get up in the morning. I will function. I will put a smile on my face and I will get through the day. And yeah, someday I'll be happy, but I'll be a different happy. It, it's just never going to be the same. I'm not going to have Ted. I don't know. I, I know what you mean. You know, when people, I think people mean to tell you things that they mean well, but yeah. you're never going to get over the loss of Ted. No. I, I've had friends of mine who've lost children and they've had oh. relatives 
ask them, well, are you over it yet? And they look at them, are you kidding? I lost a child. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to get over that. You, yeah. what, what you said is true. You're yeah. not the You're same never person. Get over it. That old person that existed yeah. is just gone. It's, gone. it's a new person because you yeah. have this loss. Yeah. And for me, I, have, I do, I'm trying, and I need to relearn every moment of my day. Not that Ted was here every moment, but I have to relearn how to grocery shop and how to spend my Friday night. And my whole life is just different. My my holidays are different. My my vacations are different. Everything about my life is different without Ted. And I just need to I need to relearn that. And it's gonna take some time. And it's not going to be, I can't fit a timeline into it. I'm not going to say, oh, people can't say it's going to, oh, it's been six months. You should, you should be better by now. And I know they mean well, and I know they want me to be happy. And I know Ted would want me to be happy. Ted would, Ted would not want me to be crying every day. But, and I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can for today. Right, And I have a support group, I have a counselor, and I'm doing the best I can. That's all I can do. I think the first rule of grief is that there's no rules. Whatever, yeah, I agree. Whatever works for you, yeah. God bless and, and do it because there's, there's no yeah. rules. Nobody can tell you how to take this journey. And, yeah. you know, one thing to me – I view the whole life death line as being fuzzy now. By that I mean my father's been gone for seven years. Matt and my mother have been gone now for 16 months, and Ted's been gone for 11 months. Right. All of them, I don't feel any finality in the sense yeah. they all make me laugh. I learn things from all of them to this day, thinking about different things. Well, what would Matt do? What would my mother do? What would my father do? What would yeah. Ted do? And I still feel they're in my consciousness. Like I, I saw Paul McCartney on an interview, and he lost his mother when he was 14 years old. Yeah. I think John Lennon lost his mother when he was 16. That's why they became friends and started the Beatles. And mm -hmm. he said that to this day, John Lennon comes to him as a dreams. And I dream about Matt all the time. And yeah. I, I have dreams about Ted. We're, we're, we're in eighth grade. It's 1970 in Buffalo. And we're laughing about things that happened at Amherst Junior High School. And to me, it's real. It, yeah. it might be, you know, almost, you know, 50 years ago. But it's, I don't see the demarcation between life and death that I thought I would have experienced prior to having the losses that I've had. So do you still have a sense of closeness with Ted and talking to Ted? And because I just, you know, I, I know for me, obviously you are right. I would see Ted during the times I go to Buffalo Bills games and we talked on the phone, but I only see him once or twice a year. 
So for me, it's almost like I just haven't seen him for a while. No, I don't, I don't have, I don't get a feeling of closeness. I, I don't, I feel, I feel lonely. I feel him gone. I don't feel that he's just away. No, I feel absolute loneliness. I feel that he is gone. It, no. It's, 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 it's interesting. I, I don't. No. Really? I just, I used to. In in the very beginning, the phone would ring, and I think, "Oh, is it Ted?" Yeah. Or oh, that might be Ted calling. Or oh, I can't wait. Something would happen, and I think, "Oh, I can't wait to tell Ted that." Yeah. Or I hear a joke, or oh, Ted will laugh, but not anymore. Now I feel like he's gone, and he's not coming back, and I have to accept that. Maybe I'm just trying to make myself accept that, just because I need to. But no. Yeah, a, I think it's, it's just because it's an everyday thing for me. Yes. I have to, I have to make myself because it's too painful any other way. You know, again, everybody's journey is so different. I, you know, I'm still learning things, as I mentioned, from the four of them, and it may just be in my mind. It may be them contacting me my my yeah i think i've told you before my um view of afterlife is so different uh, let me just tell this the audience um the day ted died this is a true story i learned of ted's death and i called you mm-hmm. you told me what happened and about an hour later I was driving and I saw, I got a call from a number that I never saw and it went to voicemail and I just pulled over. I thought maybe something to do with Ted's passing or whatever. And I pulled over and there was this melodic melody and it said, do you need a prayer? And I, hit redial and I called it must've been 30 seconds after the, the call came in and it said, no such number exists. No non-working number. I'm going, wait a second. This call just came in 30 seconds ago, asking me if I need a prayer after I just talked to Luann about Ted's passing. And I go, that is really, really, really odd. And then there was a time where I was with Debbie, we were talking about Ted. And I looked at my phone and, you know, you get notifications on your phone, somebody calls or whatever. And it said, missed call Ted Cell. That was Ted, Ted Cell. And it was from four years ago. I looked at the date. I'm going, wait a second. I didn't have a missed call from Ted because whenever he called, <laughs> we talked and it was four years ago and we were talking about Ted and I'm going, what in the world is this? And I, I, I won't get into it now, but I've had other signs from Matt that to me, you know, as a lawyer, I look at evidence right. and to me, it is absolutely inexplicably proven yeah. that I think Matt, 
and Ted and my parents do exist in afterlife. Yeah. And I've gotten a lot of contact with Matt and I've gotten contact with Ted. These two things, again, I've known Ted for 50 years. We had cell phones for what, the last 20 years, whatever. I never got mm-hmm. a missed call from Ted popping up on my phone from four years ago. And the thing about Crazy. that other call, so I don't know what is out there after this, but I think there is something that they want us to live the best life we can. And I think they know that we miss them, Yeah, but they're okay. And I think they want us to be okay. I think so too. I know, I know Ted would want us to be okay. Absolutely. I know that. He, he was he, happy and I know he would want us to be happy. He would, you know, and Ted, yeah. the, Ted and Matt were a lot alike. I'll tell this quick story. Like when I did the first show about this podcast, I dreamt that Matt came to me during the dream and he told me, he goes, oh, it's a nice podcast, but you're talking to, you're talking about me too much. <laughs> and I go, man, the, the show is about your passing. I have to. And I would tell you, Ted would tell me, Marsha, you're talking about me too much about the show. I said, Ted, this episode is about you. We yeah. cannot not talk about you because you're the subject. Right. <laughs> I mean, but, but they, both of them would say, no, no, no big deal. You know, and I think they view wherever they are now in that sense and say, no, live your life. Yes, we had great times. Yes, we have. We'll get together again. We're fine. We want you fine. And I think that to me is the lesson that I've learned through this. Again, the, the title of the show is what I've learned from my son's suicide. And that's one of the things I've learned. Yeah. And I really think Ted and Matt and my parents and Ted's parents, I love Ted's parents. You know, I knew Ted's parents since I was 12 years old. And mm-hmm. his mom and his dad were wonderful people. And I think they're there too. And I think they're all watching Buffalo Bills games and and laughing. And and I think they're looking down at us saying, guys, we're fine. We want you fine. And I think your journey is obviously different than mine and everybody else's. But I know Ted loved you like nobody I've ever seen him love in in his life. And you were the best thing for him. And you made him really, really happy. And for that, I think you are a fortunate person because you had Ted in your life for as long as you did. Yeah, I did. I did. And, and well, He always said his liver held out a lot longer because of me. See, he was funny. See, this is what I mean. He might have put that thought into your head because just it's, now. Just, it's just the way yes, he would say things. I'll just say one, one last thing. And unfortunately, <laughs> we're running out of time here, but let okay. me tell you this one great story with Ted. Like my mother, being a Jewish mother and being uh, <laughs> a nurse, would always worry about everything with Ted. And she hated the fact that Ted would chew tobacco. 
Oh, geez. Hated yeah. that. Hated Ted the fact. Hated the fact. <laughs> Ted, don't you know what he's doing? I go, this is a guy from Harvard Law School who was brilliant, off the charts brilliant. He knew, and if you listen to my mother very intently, and my mother was, was the master of saying inappropriate things. I think you've yeah. heard this before. And since he would love to imitate your mother. Well, she, he was just hilarious. And since we're on, on internet radio, I'm going to tell this story. Oh, my no. mother, yes, my mother would constantly worry about testicular <laughs> cancer. So she would tell any male that she male. loved and she loved Ted yeah. to make sure in the shower you did a t- testicular <laughs> self-exam to check your testicles. I'll never forget the time my mother says, Ted, make sure you test you 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 test your check. testicles. Check check your testicles. Check. Yeah. And Ted looked at her and go, Mrs. Adler, I would if I could only find him. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that story. And, and I was laughing. My mother was laughing because she knew Ted knew and Ted was fine. Ted knew probably more about any subject than any person in the world could. And it was one of those sweet moments where Ted and my mother connected because my mother was trying to kindness to give Ted advice that he already knew and already had. Ted was so kind to my mother and he, and he knew she would enjoy the humor and it was one of those things that <laughs> sticks with me to this day. And yeah. I think that they're here somewhere, somehow, laughing. listening and laughing. Laughing. I and, think and, so, and, too. And I, I believe it. I absolutely I hope believe so. That. It does my heart good to think that they're laughing somewhere. I, I hope so. Well, <sighs> I hate to say that this episode has to come to an end, and I could talk to you for days about Ted, but it all goes by so fast. So I want to personally thank you for being such a loving force in Ted's life, being such a great wife, and being such a great guest today. So I really, really want to thank you for that. And I I want to thank the audience for listening, and I just want to close, as I always do, saying that if you know a loved one or anybody in your life that's struggling, please contact the appropriate mental medical health professional. Call 911 if appropriate or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. And again, I'd like to thank Gwen Brenner, Ted's wife, for her kindness and her willingness to talk about her life with my all-time best friend, Ted Brenner. And the way, I can't thank you enough for being the wonderful person you were in Ted's life and being a guest here today. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank and you, Marshall. And again, we appreciate you listening to the show, and we'll talk to you next week. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. We hope we've given you some insight concerning the issues of surviving and thriving after the suicide death of a loved one during our program today. Please join your host, Marshall Adler, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you have a good week.